Hey, thanks for being here today. Um, this is very different for me. Some of you probably have witnessed my shenanigans before on stage, and this uh, is very different because I'm a walker uh, and a talker. So um, you will see the ultimate in discipline today to stay seated. And when you hear some of these points, you will know how disciplined I am because you're going to want to run and shout too when you hear this lady's story. But before we get into that, would you join me? Look, um, we do believe in prayer around here, and I personally want to pray for my pastor and his family that they will continue to see no uh, consequences from this. So would you join me? Father, we thank you for, for the, the truth that you are the healer, that you are the one that our faith is fully in. We thank you that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that he is Lord. And Father, we place Pastor Allen and Kathy and the family squarely in your hands. We thank you for your protection over them, in them and through them, and that they will in no way suffer consequences, Lord, but that they will live fully free in your Holy Spirit anointing in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. 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 Okay, so today um, we're going to hear an amazing story uh, of, of God and what God can do in um, circumstances. But before we get into that, Jackie uh, and I have known each other now for... About 12 years. Yeah, um, and I'm, I'm looking a little gray. She ain't changed a bit. I don't know how this happens, but anyway. So, Jackie, before we get into the story, can you just sort of maybe there there might be a few people here who don't really know who you are, your background, your you know. Can you just fill them in for that before we get started? Sure. So, my name is Jackie Archer. I've lived in Cherokee County for twenty some years, and I was born uh, in a Christian home, raised in a Christian home. I've been on the worship team for decades in whatever church that I was involved in and started singing the very first time when I was five years old in my first church, and I've never looked back. Um, I am the wife to Ted, <clears throat> excuse me, to Ted, who was at home. I am the mother of my oldest son, Stephen, and his beautiful wife, Anna, and they have given me a grandson who is three months old today, so I'm very excited about that. I have a middle son, Jonathan, and then I have a youngest son, Andrew, and his wife, and Andrew is, and his wife are currently, currently serving in the United States Coast Guard. So um, I have also been in the real estate industry, the business, since 1994, and I'm very blessed to be able to help um, many people in our community. Um, I've also served in public office. I ran for office uh, three times in the city of Holly Springs and served from 2001 to 2011. So, so that's how we got connected, sort yes. of, you know, because she was here um, in serving in civil government um, locally, and that's sort of how the story begins. Um, so the... There's a there's a web address that that if you guys would put up, I really, if you would jot this down or snap a picture of it, you will find this amazing. Um, if you wanna if you wanna go uh, in your leisure this afternoon and just go on this web address, Jackie'sMiracle.com, 
Um, it'll fill in maybe some, because we're limited on time. There's a, there are tremendous pieces of information on that. But as we talk about this, you know, I was on there last night. So you, you have some circumstances, and I'm trying to let you tell this so that it, but you have some circumstances that are just, frankly, amazing in how God used circumstances to do things that really, you tell it. Well, the, the song we just sang, how he brought, he brought light on the darkness, and how even when we don't know it, he's working. Yes. So that's the preface. So, um, and just start from the beginning. Or? So, yeah, I mean, just... This is the coolest story you've ever heard. I mean, it's just God. It has to be God. So on August 2nd, 15 years ago, I was in a head-on car accident. And at the time, that was too much for me to handle because we were also dealing with my grandmother who was in her final days of life on this earth. And we were actually moving her from another state into Georgia. So had been on the phone with paramedics to try to help, you know, get her situated and get her to where she would be comfortable. So I was on my way to this appointment and uh, everyone else was already at the nursing home. And then I had this head on car accident and I thought, can you say what a blessing? (laughs) How many of you would have been excited about a head on car accident? Anybody? Good. You're in good company because none of us (laughs) would be either. So I thought, oh, my goodness, now we have enough going on. How can I possibly deal with this? So the same paramedics that I had just spoken to on the phone, they actually came to my accident scene. And I said, I know your name. You know where my mother is. And she's watching, by the way. I said, do not tell her what just happened because this is going to send her over the edge. And um, anyway, they told her. And so if I, I was, I ended up in the Mothers always know. Yeah, mothers always know. So I got to the emergency room and, you know, they always do that litany of tests, you know, what's broken. They do scans, x-rays and all those things. So I'm in the emergency room, in my room, and slowly my family starts arriving because now everyone knows. And then the doctor comes in. And he says, I have good news and I have bad news. And I said, well, give me the good news. And he said, the good news is there is nothing, not one thing, not even a bruise. There is nothing wrong with you from this car accident. Yay. Well, then go back to that, you know, how God reveals what's happening in the darkness. Even when I didn't know it. And so then the doctor says, but I have some bad news. And I'm like, okay, I'm ready. Tell me what the bad news is. And he says, there is something in your lung, and it's the size of my fist. And he held up his fist. And I said, okay. And he said, it might be lung cancer. And I don't really remember any other words after that. It was all like the Charlie Brown school teacher, you know, it just wah, wah, wah. I didn't hear anything. And I remember thinking, how could I have lung cancer? I never smoked and my parents never smoked. So I was never around secondhand smoke. So how could I have lung cancer? And so then that evening I ended up being admitted to the hospital and 
you know. Okay, wait, we got to pause here. Okay. So, trying to help grandmother, trying to do the right thing, be responsible, life happens, she has an accident. That's not a pleasant thing. In the emergency room, gets the good news that, hey, the accident didn't really have any impact on you. However, there is this thing in your lung. Now, Jackie's not a very big person, okay? So in her lung is something, and they use the C word, right? I mean, all of us now, if, if you've lived any amount of time, you know someone or maybe you yourself have been impacted. When some medical expert throws out that word, talk to me about the, uh, that moment of, of, of emotion or what, what are you feeling in that moment? There was a lot of uh, shock and awe. Um, I really, I, w- I couldn't believe it. Uh, traumatized, I guess is probably a good word because I was 40 years old at the time. Thank God I am now 55 and proud. And I had, you know, three little boys at home, 12, 14, and 16. And how could I have lung cancer? Is he, you know, is he right? Is this doctor right? And I just didn't understand it. So the next day I was biopsied, you know, they always do that. And Slowly but surely, all of my family, even those were that were several states away, they ended up coming into my hospital room and they told me. And this is when I knew something was really wrong. And I needed, I obviously needed to have surgery or something. I just didn't know what it was going to be. So, so part, part of the neat part of Jackie's website is she gives you a lot of detail of, on the medical side of things. But one of the things I read on there, and, and I want to get this right, and correct me if I get this wrong, but um, if someone discovers their lung cancer too late, survival rate drops to 15%. Is that right? Yes. Typically in the medical field, especially in lung cancer, if you find it, early enough, but typically you don't. Typically it's found at late stage four. Um, They have a measurement of five years. If you make it five years, then that's good. But typically if there's going to be a reoccurrence, it's going to be in the first 18 months. That's what I was told. So there's typically no symptoms other than a cough, but typically by then you, it's too late. It's already spread to your brain and then you're stage four. So, so this accident that was frustrating and irritating and everything suddenly now becomes an instrument to discover something that what you're saying is would would not necessarily have been discovered it would not have been discovered until i had symptoms and the physicians actually told my family that if it had not been found when it was found it would have progressed and I would have died by the spring of 2006. Okay, so I got to be honest with you. Um, this reminds me of a scripture that often gets bent and twisted. But but I but I want to read this um, so that so that we we can sort of get on the same page because this is an application, an accurate application of this scripture. So so would you just follow along with me? I'm going to read. And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness, 
For example, we don't, uh, we don't know what to pray. Uh, uh, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. So, so there's that peace that we can have of, I don't really know how to pray, so I'm just going to let the Holy Spirit pray through me. Um, and the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying, for the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. So you, you get this picture that the Holy Spirit is really interceding. Um, he's your advocate. He's the attorney who's talking for you to the judge. You don't have to say anything sometimes. You just pray. But look at this is the part that gets twisted sometimes. And we now all that is taking place. I'm letting the Spirit pray for me. I'm letting Him direct and guide my... Now here's this that gets twisted. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. Did God cause this accident? I don't, I don't believe that. But did God use what happened in Jackie's life to reveal something that there was, there was no way that she would have said, Oh, by the way, doctor, I'm feeling fine, but I sure would like for you to scan my, liver, uh, my lung because I think there's something wrong. Do you see what's happening here that even when we can't see it or know it, the Spirit is interceding, the Spirit is working in our lives because we believe in Him and that He can reveal things that there's no other way you can't ascribe this to anything else. Now we're fitting to get to the good part. Okay? So, Jackie, let, let's, let's dive in now to after you have this doctor come in to the emergency room and say, Hey, we've got good news and we've got some not so good news. Here's the good news. Here's, how, how, does, how does this now unfold? So my mother at the time, she worked for Northside Hospital. She was the director of marketing. And how many of you, when you go into a doctor's appointment, they make you sign this HIPAA form? Nod your head. We all do, right? And they can't discuss you with anybody else. Well, I was probably the biggest HIPAA violation, and I did not care. So she would be walking around the hospital floors trying to meet with, you know, the different physicians to find out who was going to be the best thoracic surgeon. So God used my mother in her position to be able to get us to the right person. Um, not only that, but I was fast-tracked through uh, all of the tests. Typically, if you have to have an MRI or CAT scan, you know, you have to schedule it. Then you go do it. Then you have to wait for the radiology, and then you go back to your doctor. So it takes, what, two weeks? So in that whole five-day period, I had an MRI, PET scan, which is nuclear medicine, a brain scan, which is no fun, um, met with the surgeon. and They I was, did verify you had a brain, though. I did have a brain. There you go. Yes, I did. I still do. <laughs> and, and I remember um, them telling me that I need to get my affairs in order. And 15 years later, I am... Wait, 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 whoa, whoa, whoa. Yes, I, they did. They told you what? To get my affairs in order. Meaning? Prepare to die. Thank you very much for that droplet of information. Uh, we're going to do everything we can, but... 
just in case. So you've got to be having emotions here and, and thoughts and fears. And what does that even feel like? Well, my emotion, well, I think I was kind of emotionless and I would, you know, it was like a roller coaster ride. But what I kept going back to was trust. And a few days before my surgery, I looked into my devotion book and I thought, I'm just going to peek ahead and see what is my devotion on the morning of surgery. So this is something that you were Do using, day. doing, and, and it was a daily practice, but you decided to look ahead. Yes, I'm okay. peek, yes, I'm peeking ahead. So I looked ahead and it was a Saturday morning, 8 o'clock. I remember the sun. I remember everything. I remember the room, the light, where I was sitting and the scripture verse was Psalm 91.16. Psalm 91.16 says, you will be satisfied with a long life. And I just, I just started to cry. And I called my mother. And I said, Mama, I'm going to be okay. You're not going to bury me. I'm not going to die. God is going to use this. I don't know how. I don't really know why, but I'm going to walk this path, and we're going to make it. Oh, okay, can we put that scripture back up? Because I, I, I want to, so, so you're doing your, your normal devotion. You decide to look a few days ahead to the day of your surgery because you're just, I mean, you're just curious. curious. Okay, okay. And this is the scripture that, that is the, the main scripture with Long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Can I just say that thousands of years before Jackie is facing these circumstances, God inspires a young shepherd boy to write a song, and part of the song is this. It gets recorded in the inspired word of God, and three or four days before she's to have this surgery, he says to her, I love you enough to tell you you're going to have a long life. But how did she access that? She accessed it because she has a regular time in the word of God. And it was her habit to see, God, what are you saying to me today and, and what am I to do with that? Well, on this day, it was pretty obvious what you were to do with that piece. You were to go to battle with that. Because that kind of word, when you're facing those circumstances, yes. you can drop the mic and walk away. Go ahead. So I fast-forwarded, um, you know, from my story to the day of my surgery. And have you all ever experienced a God wink, you know, where you just know... I saw what you did. So I didn't, I didn't see it then, but I'll tell you, I'll, I'll tie it all together. So I had surgery. It was a 14-hour-long surgery. Um, thank the Lord, I don't remember any of it. And the uh, physicians, in order to do what's called a lobectomy, where they removed my middle and my lower lobe, that's where the tumor was, um, they had to remove some lymph nodes in my throat first, send them to pathology while I was in anesthesia. They came back negative, 
And Wait, what does that mean? They came back negative. They came back negative, which means it did not spread from my lung through okay. my lymph nodes to my brain. If it had, it would have been a total different type of response. The surgeon would have actually closed me up and sent me on to radiation and chemotherapy. Instead, this came back negative, and uh, they proceeded to remove my lung. And um, so I recovered from that, had the chemotherapy, which was awful. And the God wink that I wanted to tell you about is four years later, I decided that I wanted to have another opinion. So I contacted the research group at Duke University, contacted St. Joe's, and I said, you know that tissue that you have of me? I want you to send it over here. I'll pay for it. My surgeon calls me four years later and says, Jackie, why do I have a pathology report on you four years later? And I said, well, because I'm curious. I want to know why I got this. I, somebody's going to have to figure it out. He said, well, you better sit down. And I said, okay. He said, you were really stage three. Had we known you were stage three, I would have never operated on you the way I did. That was another God wink. So, so not only did God use this circumstance to reveal this, but he also hid some things because there's a reason they call it practicing medicine, okay? And the normal protocol, what Jackie is saying is the normal protocol is if, if this had come back positive, we're done. Close it up. Go home, have a good life. But because this came back negative on the initial report, they're like, okay, then we feel like if we do this surgery, remove over half your lung? More than half. Yeah. Then we feel like you'll be okay. Four years later, she sends it to another pathology lab. They say, oh, yeah, this is cancerous. Do you understand how good God can be to you? That he can reveal things that need to be revealed. He can also hide things that need to be hidden for his purposes, for his plans. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Okay, so um, <laughs> I love this story. It's amazing. So talk me through now. So you said your family gathered around. There, there were other pieces and other people in this story. Talk us through that piece of now we got this, these family members coming around and how they functioned in this story. So, yeah, family came from all around, but it was also friends. I had uh, prayers from this church body when I wasn't even a member of this church body, thanks to my dearest friend, Lisa West, who's a member here, um, people from all over you know, the, the globe who knew that I was needing to have a miracle, and uh, friends and family that would bring meals to our house for six months, taking care of my children because they were still teenage boys. And it was just, it was a miracle to see. It was overwhelming to see and be on the receiving end of so many people that just wanted to pour into me and that were sincerely praying for me. And being a type A++++ type person, 
Um, those of you who know me know there's probably, I'm missing a few pluses. Um, that was kind of hard to be on the receiving end and know that I had nowhere else to go. I had nowhere to go but to the cross. I was at the very bottom. I had no, it, if it were not for God's grace, I would be leaving my family. And I didn't want to leave my family. I wanted to stay here. I've had many people that have asked me, well, what, why do I have cancer and my story is not like yours? And my response to them is this. I don't know what everyone's expiration date is. I have one. We all have one. The point is, what are we going to do while we're here? And where are we going? And how many people can we take with us? That's the goal, to be able to speak hope, to be able to speak life, to be able to speak truth. When people are at the bottom, when they don't know where their next paycheck is coming from, when they don't understand what the diagnosis is, when they don't understand the, <clears throat> the mental torture that their family might be going through, when, when they don't understand, God is working. And if you will just trust in him, he will be there. He is more than enough. I am living proof. So people have told me, oh, you're just lucky, to which I say, oh, no, no, luck has nothing to do with it. I am a living, walking, breathing, blonde-haired, blue-eyed miracle of God. So here's what I want to say to you. You may be sitting out there saying, well, you know, that's, that's a nice story, but I'm not really facing anything. But did you hear what she said? So I do remember um, that season in this church. Lori and I were, were attending here. And I remember this name being brought up. Uh, hey, we need to pray for Jackie Archer. I had no relationship with Jackie. I had no, you know, I, I did not know her. She, she was in the process of coming but I remember saying, Lord, whatever the situation is, let your kingdom come and your will be done. Breathe life and hope and destiny into this situation. Because I, I, I didn't know her. I didn't know the story. I didn't know anything. Listen, stop being so selfish. Stop it. You don't have to know all the gritty details to release the Spirit of God. We read the Scripture. Release the Spirit of God into a situation. You, you, most of the time, people want to know things just because they're gossips. Don't, you don't need to know everything. What you need to know is that God is well able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we can ask or think. So what we say is, Lord, I'm placing Jackie in your hands. Whatever the circumstance or situation is, let your kingdom come and your will be done in her life and the lives of those around her. When you start praying that way, things happen. Now, there were a ton of us praying, right? There were a ton of us praying. But, but can I tell you something? I added a drop of water in that ocean of prayer, and I'm pretty proud of it. And when you have that opportunity to just say, so I'm telling you, God hears the prayers of his children. And I don't understand the technology of prayer. I just know it works. I don't have to know the inner workings of my laptop computer to know when I punch this button and press these keys, things happen. 
I'm thankful for people that do know how to fix it because I break mine often. However, I don't have to know how it functions to utilize it. Some of you right now, you're receiving a challenge from the Lord to begin to pray and intercede for others that you don't really know. You need to take up that mantle. You need to embrace that mantle of, well, I don't know how to pray. So what? Here, pray this. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses. We forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, and the healing forever and ever. Amen. That is how the kingdom of God is built. And that is how the miracles of God transpire. Stop being lazy. Stop being lazy. It doesn't, it doesn't take a ton to take your friends and family to the Lord and say, let your kingdom come and your will be done in their lives. And God can do great things. Watch this. So, Ms. Archer, can you tell us about your current health prognosis? I had a CAT scan a couple weeks ago, and tomorrow I will be 15 years cancer-free. still working on getting my affairs in order. Yeah. Because God spoke in her regular time with him. God spoke to her. She had his word to build faith with. Faith comes by what? Hearing and hearing what? The word. Not what a doctor said. Not, not what the circumstances said when Pastor Travis was talking about facts versus truth. The facts were she had cancer. The truth is God wanted to use it to demonstrate his love. So I, I really want y'all to go to that website because it's really cool. But there, there's a part on the, on, the, on the website where you talk about paying it forward. Can you just fill them in on what you've done? Because God did this, now you're doing this. So I'm a firm believer in giving back. And now that I'm part of this lung cancer club, I'm a very staunch advocate for raising awareness, advocacy, research, and development. So I was able to reached out to one of our state representatives who had served with me on the uh, city council and told him what my vision was and what I would like to do. And he agreed to help me. And with God's help, never been done this quickly ever, is what he told me. In seven weeks, my vision became reality and signed into law to where we now have in the state of Georgia a lung cancer awareness license plate. So... The license plate just says, in Georgia, lung cancer matters. Every time you order your tag on an annual basis, you know, you have to pay your tag renewal. It costs more, but the additional funds are actually 
uh, being sent to a 501c3 that I personally chose and have worked with that is dedicated to raising awareness, advocacy, research, development, because I still don't know why I got lung cancer. And there's a lot of people that get it. So I want to know why. I am a mom. I have children. Now I have a grandson. I want to know why. So that was my give back. And um, it was, you know, featured on some of the news channels. I I dragged Ted, my husband, around to news in Columbus and Macon, and we went all over the place just so that I could um, be on their local news channels when it became law. So, so again, there's, there's always a spiritual side of things, and then there's a pragmatic side, and, and the intersection of those is called the kingdom of yes. God. Yes. So the kingdom is not just meat and drink. It's righteousness, peace, and joy. So what Jackie did was I've experienced a Godwink miracle in my life. I'm going to do what I can over here to help people be aware of what's going on in the world. It's so cool. I told you it was going to be a cool story, didn't I? So, so Jackie, um, unfortunately, we're going to run out of time here. One, one final thought for them that, that you would have. So I looked up in the dictionary, what does the word heal mean? I have to put on my reading glasses because I am a grandma. Um, you can laugh, it's okay. Um, the word heal, to make healthy, whole or sound, restore to health, free from ailment, to bring an end or a conclusion. And I didn't share that in the first uh, service, but I, was, I just remembered that. And then the scripture verse, Psalm 91, 14, because he loves me, I love him. I will rescue him. I will protect him for he acknowledges my name. He will call on me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I was in a lot of trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. That Psalm 91, 14 through 16, those scripture verses have been something that I have held on to every single time I go and have a CAT scan because you just always want to hear the words all clear. And every single time I hear that, it's to God be the glory because I get to be here. I got to dance with two of my sons at their wedding. I got to hold our newborn grandson. I get to be here with you today. And like I said, I'm still working on my affairs. So no matter where you are in this COVID-19 day that we're in, no matter where you are in your health, your marriage, your family, your foundation, your finances, all of that, I encourage you to get into the word of God. He's there to try to speak to you. You can trust him. He's a good father. I'm your living proof. If you need to read my story, go to Jackie'sMiracle.com if you want to talk to me more about it. If you ever know of anyone that is stricken with lung cancer, the answer is yes. You may call me. I will give you my phone number. I want to be here to help you. Thank you so much for allowing me to be here today. Love you.